Welcome to Brighton Road. Do come in. with praise. Welcome to our morning service. Can I lead you in prayer? God our Father, you love us with a, a fierce and total love. You value us for who and what we are. You care enough to call us your children and you provide each day for our every need. You guide us throughout our lives. We praise and thank you. And Jesus, you are God made flesh. You have shared our humanity. You have identified yourself entirely with our world. You've experienced our sorrows and joys firsthand. You've demonstrated the love of God in action and you've showed us the way of service. We praise and thank you. And Holy Spirit, you are with us each and every day. You are constantly by our side. You work in us. You work through us. You teach. You guide. You encourage. You lead us to new and deeper experiences of God's love. We praise and thank you. So Lord our God, this Trinity Sunday, give us a sense of your holiness, your gentleness, your nearness to us. And thank you that your eternal purposes encompass our lives and the whole of this wonderful world that you've created. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this morning we bring you our praise and our worship. <laughs> 
Amen. Our first reading is from Psalm 113, verses 1 to 4. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Hello to you all at Brighton Road. It's so lovely to be able to talk to you all the way from sunny Sao Paulo in Brazil. I'm so concerned about you all and really hope that you're keeping safe and keeping well at this very difficult time that we're going through. Um, just here to give you a little update on my life. Benjamin is in university uh, in Bournemouth. He's just finishing his first year doing lessons online 
and is um, stuck in his dormitory doing lockdown there. Joseph is um, going to the UK uh, to start his A-levels at Brockenhurst College in the New Forest um, in September and so we're trying to get a flight for him at the moment for him to go over, spend the summer with his brother and uh, that's a bit of a challenge at the moment not knowing if the air companies are going to cancel the flights or what's going to happen. I'm obviously not able to go into the youth prisons and to the women's prison at the moment which is really sad and I'm very concerned for our lovely groups of, of young men and, and women there and wondering how they are. I am able though to get out and deliver food parcels to the families that we work with, to the boys that have been released and the women too and there is such a need. The government has offered £100 equivalent to poor families but that really doesn't um, help very much at all and so a lot of families are very desperate and so I'm able to go out and bless them and pray with them and, and take uh, some different things that they need to be able to eat and to survive through this very difficult time. Uh, one of the things, well, well many things I, I'm learning through this situation, um, one of them is to be very grateful for what I have. Um, I have friends, I have family, I have uh, loved ones and um, I have a roof over my head and I'm very blessed and part of that is because of the support that you send me every month and the prayers that you pray for me and so I want to say a huge thank you to you, my wonderful family at Brighton Road for all your support, for your friendship, for your love, for your concern and for your prayers. Thank you. I just couldn't do what I do without you. And so this has been an interesting time for me these last two months. I've slowed down. I'm normally a headless chicken running around, always working, always on the go. And so I've learnt to uh, be a bit slower and to pray more, to read the word more, to be more in touch with people that I, some people I haven't even spoken to for years, I'm able to speak to. Isn't this technology wonderful that we can be in touch across the miles? Um, so I'm learning many things through this time of quarantine. Um, I was reading about Lazarus the other day and how when he became very ill, Mary and Martha, they sent a message to Jesus, please come quickly because um, Lazarus is ill. And Jesus didn't go. And when he got there, eventually Lazarus had already died. And in Mary and Martha's eyes, that was too late. But I was thinking about how if he'd gone before, when he just heard he was ill, then he would have healed him almost certainly. And that would have been a miracle. But it was an even bigger miracle when he got there and Lazarus was dead and that he raised him from the dead and God was even more glorified through that amazing miracle. And so I'm learning to wait. I'm learning for God's timing. Um, I'm a planner. I'm a doer. And it's hard to, to wait on the Lord and just um, go through this time. So much suffering, so much sadness with so many people dying and so many people being ill. But I'm... I don't want to look back on this time and, and regret anything. I remember when I was in Estonia doing a discipleship training school with YWAM. Uh, we lived in a summer house and there was no water. 
And I remember thinking, I will thank God every day of my life for water, water to be able to wash the dishes, water to have a shower. And to be honest with you, I do thank God. I do remember for thanking him for water, but not every day. I've gone back to normal. And I really pray that we won't go back to normal. I really pray that as people, as as a nation and uh, a world, that we will remember this period and we will learn many lessons from it because I'm sure that God has so much to teach us. We take so much for granted, don't we? I can't wait to be able to go and have a coffee in the coffee shop with my friends and I can't wait for people to be able to come round here and for me to be able to visit the prisons again and, and hug the boys and hug the women. Um, I don't want to take that for granted. The other thing is, is that I have finished my book. It's called Dancing with Thieves. It's my autobiography um, and talks a lot about uh, what I do here in Brazil. So in the next couple of months, it will be released and you'll be able to order it. And I really pray that you will enjoy reading it and will be encouraged by it and that your walk with God uh, will be closer because of it. So, um, yeah, lots of good things happening. And I just want you to know I love you so much. I wish I could be there with you. I wish I could visit this year. Um, that's just put on hold for the moment. But I'm sure that um, by the end of the year, I'll be able to come and see you. And I just want to leave you all my love and my prayers and thanks. Bye. Heavenly Father, thank you for Callie and for the work that she has been doing in Brazil for many years now. Thank you for all the prisoners who have been helped through the work of the Eagle Project. And we pray for them now as they seek to live without reoffending. Lord, you know that they face many temptations, especially at this challenging time. And we pray that they may be conscious of your presence with them. We thank you that Callie has been able to continue helping some families despite the partial lockdown. And we pray that you, will that you will continue to keep her safe and well. Give her the wisdom and strength that she needs day by day and continue to bless her as she serves you in so many different ways. We pray for the general situation in Brazil as the number of COVID-19 cases is increasing. We pray that you will guide all those in authority to make wise decisions and we pray too for the health services to be able to cope. Thank you for providing a more suitable place for Callie to live, and we pray that the move will go well later this month. We also pray for the boys, Ben in Bournemouth during his break from university, and for Joe as he plans to travel to UK later this month in preparation for starting sixth form college. We pray too, Lord, for others we support who are serving you in various capacities. For Claire in Chad, working at the hospital in trying conditions because of the threat of the coronavirus, keep her and others safe. Keep her and others working at the hospital safe, and give her joy in her service, even at this trying time. For Peter and Louise Lynch, still in partial lockdown in Bangladesh, and unable to come to UK as planned at this time, give them patience, Lord. And may they be encouraged by what they are able to do remotely to encourage the leaders of the Baptist Church in Bangladesh and 
also as they seek to help those who are suffering from food shortage and for those who are affected by the recent cyclone. We pray for the sharers who are now in the UK wondering what you would have for them to do next. May they be conscious that you will guide them step by step. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to guide those in our own country responsible for making decisions about using the lockdown. We know that the situation is complicated and people's ideas vary. So we pray for your definite guidance and wisdom. Help us all to be wise as to how we should live our lives at this time and give us opportunities to witness concerning our faith. And finally, thinking of our own church family, we pray for Michael and Sandra Hogg as they begin their Christianity Explored online course on Tuesday. May a good group register and may it be the means of some coming to faith. We pray for healing for any who are sick at this time and for those who have been bereaved in recent days that you will draw near and comfort them. We offer all these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
The second reading is taken from Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with, with, with you always, to the very end of the age. That reading talked about baptism into the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lots of people find the Trinity really difficult to understand. I want to use an egg to help us perhaps get an angle on it in a fairly limited fashion. When you get an egg, within the egg shell you find the egg yolk and the egg white, albumen for the scientifically accurate amongst you. In the same way, when you receive Jesus, with Jesus, God the Son, you receive God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. It's a bit like a divine package deal. Now, it's only when you break an egg that you find that the egg actually contains the yolk and the white. You can tell I don't do that very often, can't you? I think of Jesus in terms of the egg shell, because the egg shell is broken, just as Jesus' body was broken. And I think of the, the white a little bit as the Holy Spirit, because the white kind of spreads out to fill whatever space is available. And the Holy Spirit fills us. If you whisk up the egg white, you know it can expand to eight times its original size. That's the Holy Spirit filling our hearts. And the egg yolk, well, that's self-contained. And that's where the whole process of the egg development begins. It starts with the yolk. And in the same way, the Father is the eternal source of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. At least that's how the early fathers saw it. And when I think of the, the egg being broken... And, and revealing the yolk and the white inside. I'm reminded of that verse which says, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not holding it against us when we go wrong or keeping count of the bad things we do. So next time you break an egg, you might like to remember that. The body of Jesus broken, the Holy Spirit filling our lives the Father, the source of life and everything else. But for now, we're going to sing How Wonderful, How Glorious is the Love of God.
one of the disciples had tragically taken his own life. There were now eleven. Those eleven followed Jesus' instructions to go to a particular mountain. Gathered on that mountain, perhaps they were still piecing events together, trying to make sense of all that had happened. They had been following Jesus for some time now. He was like no other. He taught with authority. He performed miracles. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He even raised the dead. He fulfilled all the scriptures about the Messiah King that they had been waiting for, longing for. He had been arrested, tried, crucified. He had died a criminal's death at the time of the Passover, in the midst of supernatural darkness, earthquake, the splitting in two of the temple curtain from top to bottom, opening up the way into the most holy place in the temple. He had been buried, yet was now alive, having been resurrected from the dead. He had appeared to his disciples and others on several occasions. He had opened up the scriptures that pointed to him. And now, there, on that mountain, they saw him. Jesus, still alive as clear as day. And Matthew, one of their number, an eyewitness of these events, records this encounter. He tells us that when they saw him, they worshipped him. Well, you would, wouldn't you? He is God present with us, divinity and humanity, God in the flesh. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Surely the appropriate response faced with Jesus that of worship of the divine Saviour and Lord. However, this isn't quite what Matthew wrote. It isn't all that Matthew had to say. When they saw him, they worshipped him, full stop, isn't the full picture. The Spirit of God directed Matthew, in fact, to write this. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. But some doubted. This is an extraordinary piece of information, a confession, perhaps. After everything they had seen, heard and experienced, but some doubted. How human, how like us, like me, perhaps like you. And then perhaps more astonishingly, we read that even with some of those 11 doubting, Jesus commissions them to act as his ambassadors and witnesses and teachers and disciples 
out there in the big wide world to the nations. Some doubted. Some. What? Three? Four? Five? Six? How many? Well, Jesus came to those eleven just as they were. He accepted them as such, worshipping and doubting. You see, he didn't wait until they were all sorted before he issued his commands to them, before he commissioned them to go. All they needed to know in order to go was that they had Jesus' authority and presence. That was enough. That was all that was needed. They were to go and make disciples of all nations. They were to go to baptise in the name of the triune God, Father, Son and Spirit. They were to go to teach obedience to Jesus' commands. And though doubting and worshipping, Jesus promised his power and presence. Some doubted, but Jesus still commissioned. Because it was not about what they could do or where they could go in their own strength or in their own authority. It was not about them. It was all about Jesus. He was going to be with them. So to those who haven't got it all together, to those who doubt, to those who aren't quite sure, to those who don't feel ready, to those who have made a mess of it, to those who are hurting and grieving. Jesus says to you, go to all nations to disciple, baptise and teach others in the authority of Christ and with the presence of Christ. Jesus calls you to venture beyond the restrictions reservations and hesitations because it's not about you it's not about us it's about him and his good news that others have yet to receive and rejoice over amen
Our service is almost over. In a moment, I'm going to hand over to Miriam, Grace and Jacob, and, and they're going to share the grace with us all. The words of the grace are found at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And immediately before that, in verse 12, Paul says we should greet each other with a holy kiss. If you've been watching that, this with someone, you might like to do that. But it's verse 11 that I wanted to share with you. Paul says this. And now, my friends, goodbye. Strive for perfection. Listen to my appeals. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Miriam, over to you for the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.